Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Beyond the To-Do List. My name is Eric Fisher. I'm your host, and this is the show where I talk to the people behind the productivity. This week, I'm talking to Wade Foster, co-founder and CEO of Zapier. Zapier creates easy automation by connecting different web apps automatically and creating incredibly powerful automations that you can do. In this conversation with Wade, we talk about the power of automation. We talk about how to go about starting up your first automations if you've never done it before. What things are good for automation? Is there such thing as bad automation? And even get into the realm of delegation and trusting what you've automated or delegated. It's a great conversation. I know you're going to enjoy it if you are working with people and delegating to them, as well as automation and handing things off to people or computers. This is a great episode for you to consider as you move down that road. So enjoy this conversation with Wade Foster. Well, this week, it is my privilege to welcome to the show, Wade Foster. Wade, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me, Eric. So let's clear up the elephant in the room or the <laughs> misconception in the room. And you've had to do this, I know, because you've talked to my friend Mike Vardy and, and other people. A lot of people don't know how to first off spell, but also pronounce your company's name. And it's Z-A-P-I-E-R is the spelling. But some people would think it's Zapier. Others are saying Zapier. And you can set them straight now. Zapier is the way to go. Yes. Uh, Zapier makes you happier. Yes. Yeah. Zapier makes you happier or Zapier is Zapier than the next tool <laughs> or something along go. those lines. So. <laughs> Uh, so for those that don't know, see, for for only those that do know, they would be trying to figure out how to say it better. I've heard so many people call it Zapier and, you know, like a like a like a sword, a Zapier. Oh, there's another third pronunciation, actually. So there you go. But yeah. uh, like a Zapier, like a rapier, like a, yep. it's a sword. And I guess mm-hmm. you could think this think of this as a sword tool, but uh, <laughs> not not quite. But anyway, yeah. it's an automation tool. Can you explain what exactly Zapier is? Yeah. So it's, we help you set up automations between the tools you sort of most commonly use. So, uh, you know, simple things you can set up are little rules. Like if I get an email with attachments, save the attachments to uh, Dropbox or, you know, if someone fills out the contact form on my website, go ahead and add them to my email newsletter list. And you can integrate these things. We have 1500 apps on the platform. So Odds are, if you know any of the sort of web software you're using at work, we probably support it. So you can just your your creativity is a little bit the limit in terms of what the things you can set up are. Yeah, man. And so you're the co-founder. You're the CEO. I mean, what what made you think I need to create this tool that will then be almost like the Swiss Army knife of <laughs> digital automation tools? Yeah. So uh, Brian, Mike, and I, uh, three founders, Brian and I had been doing a lot of freelancing together before starting Zapier. And we had built a handful of sort of one-off like integrations for a few clients. We had like a PayPal QuickBooks thing. We had a WordPress form plugin that you could send things over into Salesforce with. Uh, And during my day job, I was also using the Marketo API a lot. And I was... I'm not a great engineer, so I was struggling with it. And Brian one day messaged me during the workday and was like, hey, what if we made a thing 
that help folks connect all these tools that they use at work through sort of the, the public APIs. You know, given our experience with our clients, given my experience at work, I was just like, holy smokes, if this exists, this would be a huge, like it would eliminate a huge headache for me. So it just seemed like a fun thing to try and build. And so, you know, we, we teamed up with Mike and started working on this thing nights and weekends, trying to see if we could make something that people would love. So obviously, again, you said that there's really no limit to what this can do necessarily because it's our creativity that limits us. I don't know that a lot of people, though, are thinking in terms of, hey, I bet I could automate that. They're not thinking in terms of how can I, you know, how can I automate and, uh, you know, get things done quicker, better, or even without me having to think about it because I've already set up the process to work on its own. Uh, I, I don't know how people can get that, you know, can get into that mindset, but I bet maybe you can think of a way. Um, yeah. And even like what kind of a definition of automation that you could give them that would get them to start thinking of it in that way. Yeah, I think the word you used is a good one. It's a mindset mm. and mindsets sort of take a, sh- t- require a shift in your approach. Uh, one of our like Zapier experts actually explained it to me like this. It's not about what you have to do. It's about how is this going to get done? And so the way he thinks about it is looking at his to-do list. It's not about his to-do list. It's not, I have to go do these things. It's, how will these things get done? And if you sort of zoom back and say, how will these things get done? It can sometimes let your mind go to other creative ways to solve that problem. Uh, And automation is one of those ways. You can say, hey, you know what? I can never have this task on my to-do list ever again. It can be a thing that um, is done in an automated way. Uh, You know, you see folks, I think, you know, a common way that you see folks starting to think about this is, you know, what's, what can a virtual assistant do for me? Um, what can I have them, what problems could they take off my plate? So once you start thinking about the world in that lens of, you know, how is this going to get done? Not, you know, here's the list of things that I need to do. It sort of opens yourself up to solving problems in, I think, a little bit more creative way. Yeah. So maybe getting into what are the pain points that you have? Like mm-hmm. if if across your workflows that you normally go through day to day, you suddenly come upon an instant where you're like, man, I wish that fill in the blank would happen when I fill in the blank. Then you've got a moment of, ooh, that should be a zap. Totally. Well, and, and, and I shouldn't say what's a zap because a lot of people are like, wait, what did, what's a zap? Um, so let's, let's define a zap inside of Zapier. <laughs> yeah. Well, so a zap is, you know, it's a, it's a workflow automation. It's a combination of, um, you know, we call them triggers and actions. So a trigger is something like when I get an email uh, in Gmail. And then the action would be, what do you do? So uh, add the attachment to Dropbox is the, the action. And so that sort of rule that you set up becomes a zap. You would zap it, you know, send my attachments to Dropbox. Yeah. It's almost like dominoes, like specified dominoes. It's like, if I hit this, if yep. this, if they hit this one thing, then it knocks the next one over and even maybe other ones, depending upon how I've built it. Totally. That's pretty cool. How, how many, I got to ask, like how many zaps in a row could you have connected or like what, what's the longest string of like a workflow oh you've maybe goodness. seen somebody create? I've seen 
zaps that are over a hundred steps long. Oh, I'm not wow. sure if that's currently the longest uh, <laughs> one or not, but I have seen them. Uh, they're impressive. Oh my gosh. I see. I, I am not in the head. I'm not in, let's go back to the word I said, I'm not in the mindset to be creating <laughs> a 100 zap uh, automation yeah. in, in any way. You know, like it's, I, yeah. It's funny because I used to be the best user of Zapier, like the power, the most power user of Zapier uh, in the early days. I have long since relinquished that crowd to many of our customers because I am also not of the mindset of what is this hundred step zap? Like, it's so awesome that this tool has grown beyond even what I can envision. I can use it for Um, our customers are so creative uh, and unique in the ways they go about using the product. Yeah, man. And I, and I bet that, you know, as you've been, you know, continue to be a CEO, you've also leaned on the side of uh, delegation, which is kind of the word I use when it comes to, you know, giving a person a task to do mm-hmm. versus automation, which I always feel is kind of an autonomous thing, which makes me think of robot. So, yeah. you know, software or otherwise. Yeah. Give a person, you can delegate a task to a person or software though. Yeah, true. A robot. Yes, yeah. true. I don't want to, li- I don't want to limit my language there, but I, I just kind of <laughs> feel like, you know, delegating is where I'm I, I, almost in delegating. I'm, I'm explaining the process to a person, but I guess I can explain totally. it to a software or a machine of some sort. If it's properly, if, if the, if the opportunity is there for me to do that, I guess. One of today's sponsors is Babbel, the language learning app that will get you speaking a new language with confidence. And boy, do I wish I had Babbel when I was learning French in junior high, high school, and college because it would have made it so much easier. And I just kind of stuck with French because, hey, why double back and learn something else? Man, if I had had Babbel, I would have done so much better in all of those classes. And the reason is, is that their teaching method is effective because it teaches lessons that are only 10 to 15 minutes. And by learning using interactive dialogues and speech recognition technology, I'm able to perfect my pronunciation and accent, and I'm able to do it as an app or online, and my progress syncs no matter where I am. And now that I see how they do it, I've been able to branch out into trying out some of the other languages that are on there. They've got 14 different languages, like Spanish, French that I was doing, Polish, and more. There's a reason it's the number one selling language learning app in the world. And you can try it for free by going to babbel.com or go download the app and try it for free. That's babbel, B-A-B-B-E-L.com or download the app to try it for free. Babbel, speak a new language with confidence. You know, one of the things that I think is probably coming across some people's minds is it can be dangerous to automate too much. I mean, have you guys thought about the upsides as well as the downsides to automation? I mean, obviously, the upside is, um, which you see all the time, is people are able to get rid of things off their task list because it automatically gets checked off when something else happens. It's an automation. But the downsides, what, what, what kind of downsides are there optionally? You know, there's not a lot of downside um, to to investing in automation in this way. You know, I think the thing that um, maybe most often happens is using automation in the wrong spot. Um, uh, you know, yes. I think things like um, when human relationships are involved, for mm. example, um, and if you're sort of like automating, you know, I don't know, 
communication with your spouse. Uh, it's like, well, <laughs> you know, maybe your spouse doesn't want to be talking to a robot. That's probably not the right spot to be doing this. Um, so I, I think it's important to just think about, you know, human relationships are still a valuable part of the, 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 the world. And so those are the things that I think you maybe don't want to, you want to be, you want to be thoughtful about when you do automation there. Um, automation can still be pretty valuable. You think about like automated customer support interactions. Some of those can be really powerful if done well. Um, but the if done well part is the important thing of that. Yeah. So people try and do them and they don't do them well. So I guess the, really the, the answer for me uh, it, it's not necessarily that there's downsides per se. It's that mm-hmm. there's just improper usage yeah. and that's still yeah. somebody deciding to use it wrong. I mean, I mean, I guess it all comes down to trust, right? Trust in your trust in your delegation or trust in your automations. It's like, like I said, if I was talking to a person, like if I handed something off to a person, it's because one, I either can't do it anymore and I need somebody else to do it, which is also where I'd go to an automation that I'd still go, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of a, um, you know, like a flow chart in my head. I could either go one route where I say I delegate it to a human or I could delegate slash automate it to software, but mm-hmm. I still have to have trust, trust in the system. And I'm only going to gain trust by doing it and seeing that it works. That's a critical part of automation. I think the mindset shift is that oftentimes the devil, you know, is the one that's familiar and comfortable and easy. Like, you know how to do this. You know, I do this task every day. Like, you know, it's not a big deal in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. It's a thing I have to do and I don't love it. It's a little annoying. Uh, so delegating that and giving that sort of control, relinquishing control to someone else or an automation or a machine can be a little scary. And if, you know, that delegation doesn't work out the first time, um, it's very easy to sort of just fall back and say, you know, the devil I know is, is the better approach rather than to sort of keep searching for a better way to do that thing. Um, you see this with managers all the time who mm-hmm. are fearful of delegating. Mm-hmm. You know? They they tried delegating a thing once and you know a person it didn't go so well, the job didn't get done, and now all of a sudden they kind of struggle to delegate um, again. So I think it's important that you don't let the sort of bad experiences like damper your you know ability to search for a better way. Because the, the better way may be out there and you may just not even know it. I mean, again, sometimes mm-hmm. it's 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 task. Uh, creep where, like you said, you're just not willing to let stuff go because you don't realize, again, that somebody else could be trusted. But since you're the one who's always doing it, you trust yourself. And and why not? Why don't I hold on to this task? Because it doesn't take me that long to do it once a day or Mm -hmm. a couple times a day or something along those lines. But we don't realize that the amount of time that it's taking us to do it could be freed up and there's probably somebody else that is possible to do it as well as we're maybe not the only person uniquely qualified to be doing that. What about, you know, so, so trust, gaining trust, kind of getting, you know, I'm talking with humans, I'm talking with software, like inching into that trust of being able to uh, hand stuff over. Like what are some good first steps? You know, There's, I think you just start with simple things, right? Whether you're trying to learn to hand over, you know, a task to a computer or a human, you want to hand over simple things, give it a chance to prove like, Hey, it's got this, it can handle these things. 
Um, and, you know, as soon as you get that first taste of it working, all of a sudden you can see what the possibilities are. And now it makes it a lot easier to try it with a bunch of different things. So a lot of it just comes down to having an open mind and being willing to give it a shot. You know, give it a try with something simple, something that's not going to hurt you if it goes wrong. Uh, and then you can see like, oh, wow, that worked. That went pretty well. You know, then it starts to be a thing where it snowballs and you start to automate more, delegate more, whatever, you know, the way how the work gets done, it, it can, you realize it can get done in a bunch of different ways now. This episode's also brought to you by Text Expander, one of my favorite tools available for Mac OS, Windows, iPhone, iPad, and now Chrome. And Text Expander is getting even better and even easier. Making and editing snippets is now even easier with Text Expander's new visual snippet editor. And the snippets work anywhere. You can type anything, whether that's email or Word or Slack or web browsers. I create mine, sync them across all my devices, and then anywhere that I am needing to respond with similar text or large amounts of text or even emojis for that matter, it's instantly able to be recalled and used. Companies are using this for teams, for customer support, for reports, for emails, anywhere that basically you need to have consistent and accurate text and you're you're not going to memorize it and you don't want to go look it up in a document and copy and paste it. You can literally summon it up in Text Expander. And you've heard me talk about Text Expander so many times already. It's something I use every single day. You got to go try it out and you can even get 20% off your first year just by going to textexpander.com slash podcast. That's textexpander.com slash podcast. Thanks, Text Expander, for supporting Beyond the To Do List. What about we've delegated or we've automated something and we want to trust it? We really, really do. <laughs> How do we not start to creep into almost hover parenting mode with that delegation yeah. or automation? Well, I, you know, I think as your trust gets built, like you, you probably stop to do those things because it's pretty tedious to be a hovering parent all the time. Uh, that's not something I think a lot of us just desire to babysit you know, <laughs> mundane tasks all the time. So I think the more you, you build confidence and see that it works, you're not going to, that, that's a thing that most of us will probably not struggle to sort of turn our attention to other more fruitful and interesting problems. Yeah. And maybe, maybe the idea here is to treat it like it's like this delegation trust building is mm -hmm. a project in and of itself, right? Like yeah. we, we delegate the thing, we communicate what it is, uh, we then put on our own task list a deadline of checking in yep. on them in one way or the other, whether it's, you know, checking my zaps to make sure they fired or something like that. And let's, yep. let's come back to that in a couple moments. But um, just the idea of if I then put it out of my mind because it's now a task in a system that will come up when it's appropriate instead of hovering when it's not appropriate, that might help people out there learn to not hover. Totally. <clears throat> and this can be hard, but it, but it doesn't have to be right. Like it, mm -hmm. it, it, for some, well, and for some people, trust me, they're listening. They're like, I tell people what to do. And then I just expect them to do it. What, what's the problem here? You mm -hmm. know? And that's, and luckily again, with software, that's most of the time like Zapier, that's what we're going to get. Right. Yeah. You get a software that just does it for you. <laughs> 
So, but we've all been there where it's like, oh man, I thought it was going to do this. And, and honestly, a lot of times it's probably our fault when we're building workflows. It's not the, it's not the software's fault. It's, oh, right. I didn't build this part in. I wanted it to get to here, but like, like in my 100 workflow zap string, string, like, oh, string 78 or zap 78, I should say. Uh, I didn't think about what that was going to do. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, computers do do what we tell them to do. Like they do the exact thing literally that we tell them to do. But I look at our jobs as, you know, designers of software, designers of Zapier. Our job is to make it really easy for you to tell them what to do. So you don't have to deal, you know, with the complications of that. You know, if, it, if, if the user ends up making a mistake, I'd like to think, you know, somewhere in, along the line, that was probably our fault for making the design hard. Yeah. Well, and there you go. Like, I, I think even flipping again back off of software and onto humans, mm-hmm. humans will do what we tell them to do also, but mm-hmm. only so much as they understand what we're telling them. Same with same with software. Like, nope. if we're not if we're not clear on what we're communicating, we want to have done both <laughs> softwares and software and humans can easily miss uh, understand what we're saying because we're not saying it clearly <laughs> enough. Totally. The only difference is that computers will do exactly what you tell them to do. Yes, like uh, the the literal. It's it's yeah. almost a, it's almost to a fault that way sometimes too, right? Because like totally. we totally. think we're communicating one way, and they're like, "You literally told me to do this." <laughs> yep. Yeah. Humans, uh, on the other hand, like they will sometimes not do what you literally tell them to do, and you're like, "Come on." <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. So th- I mean, and that's the key right there. Is like, at what point do we? Uh, get into, you know, is, is it kind of like a, okay, here's my weekly or monthly or even quarterly, like automation, uh, check-in, you know, like uh, to, to see if, if I'm, you know, on task or not, not, not if I'm on task, but if the workflows that I've set up are in fact working, like you have my, Anna, have my automations fallen mm-hmm. apart and how do I assess that? Do you guys have any kind of best practices for that? I mean, the two things we have, we send out, um, uh, like a weekly sort of email that tells you like, Hey, here's what your zaps did this week. Um, and just gives you an update on what the sort of status of them are. And that way you can look at them and see like, Hey, did that, you know, did it fire as many times as I expected? Is that number seem high or low? Like what's going on? So it allows you a chance to sort of introspect that. And, um, at any time as well, you can click into Zapier and we have a task history that goes through, just has a bunch of logs of like all the things your Zap has done for you with a lot of nitty gritty details. So you can sort of dig under the hood a little bit and see, okay, what, what happened here? Did it work the way I expected? Did it not work? Um, and then if like the Zap didn't work the way you expected, we have um, the ability to replay tasks and like sort of resolve errors uh, in, a, in, a, uh, in that task history. <laughs> as well um, to help you sort of recover from any sort of mishaps that might've popped up. See, and as you're telling me those, I'm thinking to myself, Oh, this is kind of like when a manager has his subordinates or teammates send a weekly report or even a daily like check-in. Hey, this is what I did today. Or, Hey, I have a question about this or, Mm -hmm. you know, does this seem right to you? Those kinds of things. And that's beautiful. I love, I love the idea of having like a weekly email that's just like, Hey, here's how your zaps did this week. Yep. Heads up. Here's what we did this week. You know, let me know if you want us to do more next week. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Cause then you would know that again, back to whatever zap 78 and the 100 zap string of work, that workflow, like didn't fire correctly. Oh crap. Well, at least now I know, you know, 
So it wouldn't go it wouldn't go further than a week that you wouldn't know that something per se uh, wasn't working uh, how you had uh, intended it. So you wouldn't need to jump mm-hmm. in every single day. So no, yeah, no. And I think that's the thing for a lot of people they're, they're hesitant. Also, you know, it's not just the trust issue; it's the idea of they on on the front end may not see. The time, it's not just time saving, it's also energy savings, but both of those things put together, they don't see how much that some upfront automation uh, setup time, which can seem like a lot, like and be like, okay, it's going to take me an hour, but if I set up however many zaps or workflows or whatever, I'm then going to multiply that on the back end with time and energy saved. How do you get people to get behind this? There's that great, great XKCD comic um, about saving time um, that talks about like, you know, how, 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 you know, is it worth it to automate the thing? And, um, you know, it's pretty simple where it's like, you know, how often do you do this task? Uh, And, you know, and then how much time would you shave off uh, if you sort of uh, automated this task? Uh, And so, you know, things like if you do a thing 50 times a day um, and you save, you know, one second on that thing, uh, you know, you should probably be automating it. Um, so, it, you know, but if you do a thing yearly, uh, you know, and it only takes you a second to do that thing, eh, probably not worth a lot of effort to try and automate that. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Well, so, you know, you can kind of run the math in your back of your head where it's like, how often do I find myself doing this stuff? How, you know, and how much attention do I spend on it? If you're doing these things fairly routine uh, and you're doing a, a lot of times per day or per week, um, you know, odds are like it's a pretty good candidate for trying to automate that stuff. Well, there's even some of that stuff uh, that's like. Uh, the, in, in that second example you were giving there where it's not something that you're doing. Uh, multiple times a day, it's like there's a thing that happens once a week or once a month, or even like you said, once a year mm-hmm. where it may not take, um, it, it may not be worth considering automating. But then again, the automation process for getting that one thing to happen one mm-hmm. time uh, very infrequently but to just have it covered so it's off your deck completely or only shows up like it's all it's almost still worth considering automation in my mind because <laughs> to, get head, to get yeah. it out of your head and also to have it come up at the appropriate time. Like I'm thinking of like a, a possibly like a, a, a like if you get your if you receive all your bills via email, you know, like mm-hmm. your, your power bill, your electric bill or whatever. Well, one, yeah. why not? I mean, this isn't something I, I don't think Zapier like can automatically pay my bills for me. That's not necessarily a function there, but Mm -hmm. I'm using this as an example where if I were to make it so that every time one of those emails comes in though, it was pushed to Saturday morning, the next coming Saturday morning when I would sit down to pay my bills, then Mm -hmm. I've already created a workflow. I mean, the time it takes to create that probably is not much. And Mm -hmm. It's now bringing the action in to my awareness at the appropriate time I've already predetermined is correct. Totally. And you can think of these things in your life uh, and in your job that you have to do infrequently. And so they're easy to forget things like, you know, updating your car insurance or whatever, like the registration on your car. 
you know, remembering to go see the doctor, uh, things like that, where you don't do them often, but they're very important that you don't forget to do those things. Um, that's good candidates for automation as well, because, uh, Computers are very good at reminding you of dates and times and things like that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So again, and it's all that kind of, it's it's really a trade-off, not necessarily, I, I talked about the trade-off being um, mm-hmm. time and energy, but there's also mm-hmm. one other trade-off that I guess we've kind of uncovered here, which is uh, peace of mind or alleviation of stress on your uh, random access memory inside of your brain. <laughs> totally, yep. So... This is very cool. I mean, Zapier is a tool that so many people have talked about being incredibly awesome. I'm glad to talk with you about it again here, but I think other people need to check it out. Is there any kind of like free trial or like way that you can say, hey, people, come jump on, come jump in over on Zapier and try it out with like this kind of minimal workflow. See how that works for you. <laughs> Totally. Yeah. We have a free plan that you can have that's free forever. Uh, and then you can also do a free trial for like our more premium, um, services, which lets you do like multi-step apps and more sophisticated workflows and things like that. But the basic stuff is always free. Um, so you can come jump in, jump in and, and give it a try. You know, you can try and automate some things on your to-do list, whether you use things like Todoist or Trello or Asana or whatever your sort of to do app of choice. You can, you know, have it work with your email, your calendar, your Slack, uh, whatever the things that sort of drive your daily productivity, um, Zapier is there to help. So give it a try. And we have a great blog. We have a lot of Zap templates and resources that you know give you examples of things you could try to do on the site. So you can uh, easily check those out and see if you find something that uh, strikes your interest. Very cool. Well, I will link up to everything in the show notes here. I'm going to find that uh, comic that you mentioned because I do remember seeing that mm-hmm. somewhere. So I'll probably drop that into the show notes as well. Uh, and Wade, it's just been awesome talking with you again. We'll have to talk again soon. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Eric. Well, that's another episode checked off your podcast listening to do list. I hope you enjoyed learning about automation and delegation with computers and people. Thanks again to Wade Foster for talking with me about those topics. And thank you again for listening. If you know of somebody who would enjoy hearing this conversation, would you pass this episode along to them? Let them know about this show, specifically this one, as well as a whole podcast. Like I said, this is the place in the episodes where I talk to you, the hardcore listener who is still listening at this point in time, though the conversation with the guest or solo show is over. So... I really do appreciate you listening to the end. Thank you so much. Lots of great episodes coming up. Can't wait to share them with you. And until then, I'll see you next episode.